We'd like to welcome you back to our sixth and I believe final part of our current event and weekly Bible study for July 26, 2015. And um, the last part, we're going to be getting into um, more of the last parts of the Celebrity Millionaires of Competitive Gaming, um, but documentary up on the internet <clears throat> that came out recently. So we're going to go ahead and, and play the next clip here. For Seoul's young gamers, it all starts out in a PC ball. But if things go well, they'll end up in a professional gaming house. Often recruited at the age of 17, the gaming house will become their new home until they change teams or retire, and players will live, eat, sleep, and train together under one roof. Really? 17 years old, you're taken out of your home, and if you're really lucky, you go to one of these gaming houses where you do this probably 17 hours of the day. You sleep, I mean, it's showing like the little accommodations, they're in like bunk beds and, and, and the eat, sleep, train, I mean, like they're athletes or something. Like they're doing anything productive. It's it just totally pathetic. For most gamers, this is their first time living away from their parents. So the coach's job isn't just to train them, but to act as a guardian and father figure. The responsibility of caring for 20 sure. young adults while also trying to turn a profit can be a lot to handle. I'm sure they're good father figures too. They're not doing it to try to whatever, produce, get them to do good at gaming so they make more money. I mean, that's the only motivation here. It's purely, totally money. I don't understand how they make money doing this garbage, this worthless garbage. But evidently, they got some way of making it. So this guy's saying at his particular gaming, whatever, little cult retreat he's got with his players, he, he says, um, I, I can't treat my, uh, my uh, <laughs> I don't know, whatever you call them, players good. I can't really give them a lot. At the moment, I am investing everything on this, and we don't have many good sponsors yet. So they're basically doing this for... I don't know, it sounds like about nothing, in the hopes that maybe they're going to get sponsors and make it to the big time. So I'm very sorry to my players that I cannot give them more. Then he talks about match fixing that happened and it hurt the industry. Oh, so esports at Korea at that time was at a crisis because of this. Not everyone cares so strongly about their players' well-being. For some coaches, financial gain is more important. Like financial gain wasn't important to him? Come on. Sports history has been through multiple match-fixing scandals. One episode in particular was the biggest scandal in esports history and it nearly resulted in one of its most gifted stars paying the ultimate gifted. price. Gifted. He's gifted. You know, the day that this happened, I know this is a stretch, but the world literally went off its axis, and it stopped spinning for a good 49 minutes because of the The reverberations through the space-time continuum would be felt for millennia. As a result of this one gifted player in match fixing in the South Korean gaming industry. That's how important, people, this is. 
fact, I'm dissolving this ministry as of now, and I'm going to devote my whole life to this wonderful endeavor. To this, this is what's really important in life, isn't it? I'm going to have to just shut everything down and just devote my life to this because now I've finally seen the light. And I truly know what... I got my priorities. I got my head screwed on straight. Finally. It's taken me a little while to get it figured out, but this documentary has really helped me see the light. His name is Chun Ming Ki, but he's better known by his gamer name, Promise. Ooh. So they're interviewing him. The, the kid looks like he's soulless. He truly does. He looks like he's an absolute anorexic. There's no life in his eyes whatsoever, which is pretty common to see in here. It's almost like the soul's being sucked out of these teens, which really this is the case. They typically have very little personality. It's like they've been soul sucked. The video games have taken it all. You know? I mean, you're giving your essence, you're giving your life to a video game, to something that's totally satanically pointless. You can't expect that not to have repercussions. So when did you first get into gaming? When he was three. He was poor. He only had one meal a day, pot noodles and coffee. So when he was hungry, the fans would ask him and they would order him food. So he got food finally. Because he was game. started the team on borrowed money and had gotten himself into some serious debt. At the time, the players knew nothing about this. The coach tried to earn back the money through match fixing and forced his team to throw their games. Oh no. What was your relationship like with the team's manager? He was a fraudster, he said. He wanted us to fix matches. He was deceitful. He didn't want to do it. He wanted to play the game his way. But he said, if I didn't do it, I wouldn't be. There would be a future as a professional player, and I couldn't imagine that happening. It was like life or death for me. He couldn't get on his life due to the scandal because they got caught. He only had negative thoughts, which is why he attempted suicide, which just happens to a lot. Suicide over a video game. Of intentionally losing was too much for promise. And after posting a suicide note online, he jumped off of a 12 story building. He was 20. Shows the, the building. Time. Miraculously, he survived when his body smashed through the roof of a recycling center breaking his fall and putting him into a coma. After an excruciating 11-hour surgery where doctors had to reattach his jaw, Promise began to recover. 
showing pictures of him after the accident. To raise funds for Promise's medical bills. He has loads of scars on his arms. His right hand was literally destroyed. After the ordeal, players around the world started a secret support network of esports athletes to ensure that they would never again fall victim to exploitation and corruption in professional gaming. He had fans that wished him well and support, so he recovered. He's just about recovering. So anyway, that's, that's that particular part. We'll go to the next part. On the eve of the biggest game in esports history, it had finally sunk in just how high the stakes can get. spurned by esports royalty to having my brain zapped by an addiction therapist via PC bongs, Lamborghinis, and robot costumes, I had finally got here. The World Finals. We're at Seoul World Cup Stadium, the biggest stadium in Korea, and it's here where the League of Legends World Championship is happening. Everyone we've met has been waiting for this moment. If you're a gamer, this is the most inspiring, most important event in all of history. There's going to be entire cosplay teams who spent weeks preparing their costumes, tens of thousands of screaming fans cheering for who they want to win. But most importantly, only one team is going to go home crowned the League of Legends World Champions. Real men with real problems showing their, all their photoshopped visages of trying to make them look intimidating, which is virtually next to impossible. As the fans took their seats, the countdown to the opening ceremony began. Nothing could have prepared me for what was about to happen. Or me. 40,000 people. You should see this production. It's unbelievable. And they've got the little geeky dudes up there on stage, ready to compete. showing all of these teams one by one giving their their video game name because it's not the same name as they would take and they're showing them all we're looking real real tough photoshop to the hilt up on this big gigantic screen up on that's in the stadium that's flashing before everybody and everybody's freaking freaking out and going crazy and they've got all their 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 shirts for their fans for their particular one they're in love with and whatever particular little geeky god guy they're worshiping and this is the future, as far as, as I can see, unfortunately. Oh, 
come on, a little bit. He needs to get into it more. I couldn't believe the scale of the whole event. Before each team walked on, they were introduced by a dramatic video segment ah. that was packed full of expensive CGI graphics. They've got to make them look like the bravest, biggest seven-foot warriors that are ready to pit themselves against literally Satan himself. They are literally trying to do this with ten little geeks. Okay? I mean, the absolute, absolute obs opposite of any form or hint of masculinity. And they've got to somehow create this fervor that these are the video game gods that are worthy of worship. After a Korean drum ceremony, we were treated to a performance by an American rock band called Imagine Dragons. They're one of those groups that are somehow really famous, but you never meet anyone who actually listens to them. <laughs> this is a computer game that we are all gathered here to watch. A computer game. Once the opening ceremony came to an explosive end, the players sat down, chose their characters, and the competition began. Samsung White versus Starhorn Royal Club for a prize of $1 million. Now, like they had said, that last one was $5 million. So it's in exponentially increasing. Um, and this is just what they're earning for the video game. This isn't endorsements that they're, they're getting respectively. So again, like the one guy, he was for FIFA, or FIFA or whatever it's called, the one guy in Great Britain, he was driving a Lamborghini, but it was it was all of the YouTube and the endorsements and all the other things. He wasn't even a gamer, professional. He wasn't even near on that level. So this is what this is the the scope of what we're talking about. Royal Club can get under the skin of Samsung's wife after sacrificing so much of their young lives, having defeated the best team. Sacrificing for such a wonderful, noble cause too. Teams from every corner of the world. These 10 players were locked into a struggle that would decide the future kings of a game oh, played by 70 million people. And the stakes couldn't be higher. Here he comes. He's in stealth. There's the alert. They know he's there. They don't know who he's on. He eats Susie right away. Luger's going to be able to give a little bit. Danny gets the heal and he flashes out perfectly. Here comes Paul from the side. Samsung White had the upper hand from the get-go swiftly beating Starhorn in the first two games. Samsung White is a is the South Korean team. The other South, whatever star, they're from China. And like I said, South Korea, they're they're the the, the creme de la creme de la creme of of this world. I mean, nobody in Europe or in the United States is even remotely evidently on their level. And I mean, when you spend 18 hours, 17 hours a day, you know, sometimes it's the age of three. Doing this, yeah, you're going to probably get fairly decent at it. Smelling. And I really wonder how much devils are helping the, this whole process. I mean, you know, they're selling their soul pretty much. I mean, this is a, this is a selling out of, of, of whatever. And I, I really wonder how much devils are assisting and aiding these respective players in being able to do what they're doing. Defeat in the air, Starhorn made a bitter last stand and managed to pull a game back. Oh, 
they're all watching this on this gigantic video screen. They're playing the video games respectively, these two teams of five, and they're the crowd is watching on a huge video screen in front of them the game play out. They have the emotions to keep it going. It's something that led them to the win over OMG. They have the longevity. They have the mentality to stay in these best of five series and play for the long haul. But their luck had run out. As hard as they fought, in the end, they were no match for their Korean counterparts. Oh, the rapture of victory and the agony of defeat. After almost four hours of unbroken concentration and high-speed gameplay, Samsung White had done it. Four hours of this garbage, and they finally have the victor. And to the victor go the spoils, and rightly so. They demolished Starhorn in three out of four matches, letting Korea keep its position as the world's... These geeks! They're such little nerds! And it's so funny to me to look at this and to think, oh my word, this is so pathetic. It's so laughable. I almost feel like, it's almost like I look at them and I'm almost like, oh dudes, oh my word. I mean, I don't want them to go to hell. I don't, I don't. They're pitiful looking. And, and... <laughs> It's like they probably had their soul sucked. I mean, it's, it's what you, you get that overriding feeling about them. And, and it really is it really is pitiful. And to think that these are their gods, that the, that the upcoming generations are literally worshiping. Esports powerhouse for another year. This is a victory that's going to go down in history as the biggest and the most covered with the most lights, the most fireworks ever to happen in the whole world of esports. You should see this. It's unbelievable. The scope. So now they're, they're lifting up this cup they won. It looks like it's straight out of the pit of hell. Some kind of satanic chalice. The closest I could get to meeting the newly crowned world champions was through another strictly controlled press junket. Can you tell me about the emotion of winning the title here in Korea, in this stadium, in front of 40,000 people? Although we won the champion, we missed, feel like we missed out. We were concentrating so much in the game that we didn't enjoy all the cheering. Oh, the humanity. But we're glad we won for Korea, our country. We don't know quite how to explain and express it. I mean, you know. So, and then there's one last little clip here that I want to play. Now, in, in the end here, they're debating, is it athletics? Is it not? Yeah, they know how to click a button. Yeah, they've got good, not even, you can't call it hand-eye coordination because it's not involving, like, like something that like a ball or, or or some type of thing that you're you know physically doing it's you're clicking a mouse you know they're, they're not athletes they they sure don't look like athletes and i'm not glorifying athleticism or, or athletes and saying that that's something we need to be obsessed with by any stretch of the imagination but this is just really insane what we're what we're observing here thing entirely and it's something that's very much born out of today in the six years since it was created 
League of Legends was able to fill a stadium with 40,000 people, but there were 27 million more tuning in live from home. Did you hear that? Yeah, they had 40,000 here, but 27 more million tuning in from home? Uh, that's, that's unbelievable. 27 million and only growing exponentially. That's more than the audience of that same year's NBA Finals. Before it took over the world's stadiums, esports was already connecting hundreds of millions of people across the globe. And with the internet's colossal reach, it's now growing at a rate that televised sports may never catch up to. There have always been people who chose to escape the monotony of the real world by immersing themselves in fantasy. The difference is that those people used to be called nerds, but now oh. they're called stars. <laughs> Whatever. They still are. <laughs> Hearing the cheers of 40,000 people echo throughout a World Cup stadium made it clear that gaming was finally getting its Woodstock moment. Finally. Rather than a marginalized Satan for it. that the parents refused to understand. Easter. Oh, the parents are just not with it. That's what it is. We just refuse to understand. We're just old, collectively old fuddy-duddies, you know? Myself being at the top of that list. Sports is the newest part of mainstream culture. And before long, anyone trying to ignore its global significance will be lying in its wake, wondering how computer games took over the world. That's me. But that's that's where I where I end this particular video clip. Wondering how computer games took over the world. Which is what the goal of Satan is. It's to get us it's all lines up with the whole transhumanism. Um human human um uh, 2.0 plugging us into the matrix, putting in neural implants, uh giving us different types of DNA through vaccines, changing us into something that is not fully human. And Jesus didn't come and died on the cross to, to save non-humans. He didn't come to save Nephilim. How do I know that? Look at what happened in Noah's day. Where I do believe that the majority of the planet had their DNA defiled through the fallen angels interacting and procreating with women, the daughters of men. And it defiled the DNA so much, God had to just start over. You know? So this is what we're looking at today as well. It's just a lot more complex. It's a lot more sophisticated. It's a lot more insidious how they're doing it. And this is going to be integrally part of that defilement. And again, it, it's, it's, you, we don't even know what's really happening on a demonic level when you're participating in these things. So now there's one last part to the study left. And it's the video game industry is being used by DARPA linked social engineers trying to re-educate youth. TV and video games are a psychosocial weapon. The physical way in which TV affects the brain makes it a perfect vehicle for propaganda. Now, this is even more so regarding, I believe, the TVs of today, which I don't, we don't even have any at this point. We don't have cable or anything like that. Um... And the TVs of today, though, are getting so much more advanced with all the HD and all the other... And I really believe that they're taking what they're trying to do to the brain to a whole other level, on a demonic level. So the physical way in which the TV affects the brain makes it a perfect vehicle for propaganda. It's important to know that your eyes grow directly stem-like from the brain. It's true. 
They are really are the window to the soul and the perfect conduit to express the brain's inner sanctum. That's why when I saw that one kid that had tried to commit suicide, he looked so evil and lifeless in his eyes. There was no life at all. It's like literally it had a soul sucked out of him a long time ago. And he's just kind of a vessel, a container, you know. And I'm not saying it, during the interview he came off as overtly evil. Um, but particularly when he was in his g days of gaming, it re you really got the, the pictures they were showing of him. He just looked, ugh, really super evil. And I, I just believe that on, on, on a large scale, these games are, are, are they're destroying the soul of a person. The human brain works at four basic frequencies, beta, alpha, theta, delta. Beta waves are produced when one is thinking and using one's higher faculties. Delta is associated with sleep or deep trance-like states. The radiant light and flicker rates of TV cause the brain to drop down to a level of activity somewhere between alpha and theta. Essentially, a sleepy dream-like state of mind where the higher critical functions are then turned off. Even if you're reading text on a television screen, the higher brain registers low levels of alpha wave activity. Theta brain waves engage inner and intuitive subconscious. And you will find theta in places where you hold your memories, sensations, and emotions. So any information, therefore, imbibed from the TV bypasses our logical, critical thinking sieve and goes straight, like a filter, and goes straight into those sub-areas of the mind associated with more emot emotive, meaning emotional, responses tv then appeals to more to the emotions more to the emotions than the mind and of course how many of us engage in lively informed debate anymore by and large in society okay very very few at this point the more common reaction to big questions is usually an emotive response followed by a quick change in subject so see you have to understand the tvs have programmed people to turn off not only from all the subliminal embeds, which this doesn't even get into, this report. And who knows how many subliminal embeds are in these video games. You know, things flickering, flickering, flashing into their brain. You know? It's like the show they live. When he put on the glasses, he could see all of the things, where all the ways that this monstrous race was programming us in today's day and age you could say it's the fallen angels jesus christ said as it was in the days of noah so shall it be in the days of the coming of the son of man okay so we should be expecting that we should be expecting a fallen angelic takeover as it was in the days of noah so shall it be in the days of the coming of the son of man which we're, we're right on the you know the cusp of here Satan is behind all of this garbage that I go over on a week-to-week -week basis. Ultimately, he is the one behind it. His legions of people and devils and demons and fallen angels are doing this stuff. So, this is all being done on purpose to program us. To program us to turn off critical thinking. To program us to receive all of these subliminal embeds, both in advertising, both in movies. Uh, you know, I don't go to the movies, okay? I don't go because I know, well, number one, I don't want to give any money directly to Hollywood, but also I don't want to go there and be subjected to whatever neural programming they're doing on that big screen because they're, they're, they got you right where they want you. 
when you're in a movie theater especially okay and so the tvs nowadays they're more advanced they're doing this at a much higher rate okay i'm sure even the computer's doing it to a certain extent as well okay but i know my higher critical thinking hasn't been turned off okay if i start to go into a vegetative state because i'm on the computer or whatever too much then you know I'll probably stop the ministry or something but i'm just saying that the proof is in the pudding you, you have to look at what kind of outcome is being produced from whatever you're engaging in but what they're wanting to do is turn off our higher critical thinking get us away from from debating about anything of substance debating of anything of of a morality and a lot of this again is subliminal embeds that are being put in there to to degrade your morality cues and things like that and things they work into advertising and who knows all the ways it's being done with smartphones with with the with the cell phone towers with the gwen towers with the scalier weaponry with whatever uh, uh things they have with the wi-fi all these different ways that we're being programmed that we're not even aware of and then the hormonal manipulation and the physical manipulation with all the things they're doing to the water the food the air it's this big gigantic un ultra complicated matrix of things this soft kill method not only killing us physically but killing us spiritually as well and this is all part of that that's why i went over this today because i see this being a big part of it and only becoming a bigger part of it while parents blow this off and say oh it's harmless it's a video game no it's not harmless it's evil either it's of god or it's not of god so this is obviously not of god um let's go further theta brain waves engage inner intuitive subconscious and you'll find them where you hold memories sensations and emotions any information therefore imbibed from the tv bypasses our logical critical thinking sieve filter and goes straight into the sub areas of the mind associated with more emotive responses tv then appeals more to the emotions than the mind and of course how many of us engage in lively debate anymore very few the more common reaction to big questions is usually an emotional response followed by a quick change of subject sorry i read all this i'm reminded of huxley's book brave brave new order brave new world i'm sorry brave new world where the drug of choice is one called soma and they've actually got a drug called soma now and enabled people to escape the unpalatable unpalatable intellectual life problems so just turn it off ignore those unpalatable life problems those sticky wicket of morality issues that we don't really want to engage in just let's tune them out let's numb that part of our brain let's kill that part of our brain even better which is probably what the video games are doing to a certain extent i mean how many of these big video gamers do you see up there and they're taking some big morality stance for jesus christ how many of any of the fans are that devote their lives to this do you think any of them are no well i'm on fire for jesus christ and i play video games 17 hours a day satan's already got them isn't that isn't that like think about that scenario yeah i play video games 80 hours a week and i'm on fire for jesus christ in in the meantime when in, in the one hour a day i have extra where where i'm not either asleep or playing video games I'm on fire for God. I'm winning people to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm helping the needy, the poor, the worthy ministries. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something productive to help society. No, you're devoting your whole life to worthless endeavors that are, that are adding nothing 
to society. All you are is a leech. Somebody's got to support your sorry butt while you're sitting in that stinking chair playing your video games. All day. Somebody's got to be so, you know, subsidizing your sorry butt. Somebody does. Some, some sorry parent who's going along with this has to be doing that, don't they? Well, unless they're actually making money doing it. But that's, that's the rare few. Psychologist Thomas Mulholland found that after just 30 seconds of watching television, the brain begins to produce alpha waves, which indicates torpid, almost comatose rates of activity. This is some scary stuff. Alpha waves are associated with unfocused, overly receptive states of consciousness. So you're unfocused, but you're overly receptive. Really bad con uh, combination there. I'm unfocused, but I'm overly receptive. Okay? A high occurrence of alpha wave activity does not normally occur when the eyes are open. It's, but it does when you're watching TV. It's worth noting that the goal of hip hypnotists, which are evil is to induce slow brainwave states. Alpha waves are present during light hypnotic states used by hypnotherapists for suggestion therapy. You get where this is going? You go into an alpha state when you're watching TV and just like if you were a hypnotist and he tells you, he hypnotizes you and tells you to bark like a chicken up on stage in front of a thousand people and you do it. Well, that's because you're susceptible to this suggestive phase because he put you into that alpha brainwave state tv does the same thing so it's literally like how a lot of parents use tv to babysit their kids and all and the tv is doing satanically exactly that it's raising your child it's programming them from a very early age the critical side of your brain is the left as you read this, you're making judgments, passing opinions, and coming to conclusions which take the form of beta brain wave activity. These are waves activated when you begin to use that left side of the brain, the center of the logical human communication and analysis. Researchers have found that once the television set is switched on, that the left side, left hand side of the brain and all of its faculties tend to switch off. <laughs> so when you switch the TV on, your left side of your brain okay, which is the critical thinking side, switches off. Switches off. Instead, the image from the television goes straight to the right brain. And the filter's gone. And you're totally susceptible to suggestion. The switch from beta to alpha waves show this. See, they've documented this on brainwave scans while people watch TV. Alpha brainwaves are the ones we associate with meditation and sleep. And by no means does this mean that we are not taking information in. We are taking it in. We are just not able to critically evaluate it as we would information coming in from other sources. Video games have been shown to lower brain activity to below that of the delta frequency. Delta is deep, deep sleep. Deep sleep. Not even REM sleep. It's a different. If it, it's a different aspect of even than REM sleep, but it's the deepest sleep that you can go into. And video games have been shown to lower brain activity below that of delta. Below that of delta. Whoa. So again, we don't even really know what the video games are doing to you on a on a on a brain level. 
how it's affecting neurochemistry, how it's affecting the structure of the brain, how it's shaping you, how it's programming you, what it's downloading into you. And as these games get more and more virtual reality, which I really believe is the future of this, and then we go into what they call neural implants, and then we get into the whole changing of our own DNA, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. The TV screen flicker rate also alone is known to induce mesmerized states in people. This flicker rate is the rate at which the screen image is updated, generally about 50 to 60 times a second. DARPA is a U.S. military-funded research program, and one of their endeavors, and they're pure evil, straight from the pit of hell, one of their endeavors is concerning developing TV flicker rates that could be played whenever a mesmerized state was required in a given section of the population. So what they want to do, and they've done all this, obviously, and probably a lot of this has been beta tested on the video games, because what better test subjects? You've already got half-brain-dead teenagers playing these things. What better, what better demographic to test stuff like this? DARPA has done this, and they've, um, they're devel they've developed TV flicker rates that could be played whenever a mesmerized state was required. So when the time comes for the big announcements to possibly be made about, okay, the economy's collapsed and the currency's collapsed and, you know, the aliens have landed and the whatever else they're going to say, we've got earthquake. Now, and then all of a sudden they start really, really high with their technology. They've already got us in, in, in this electronic control grid. They've got all these different ways that they can try to beam stuff into our heads and like I said, the Gwyn, the Scalar, the cell phones, the cell phone towers, the radio waves, the Wi-Fis. And then all of a sudden, man, they just crank that up to a level we've never seen. And they start implementing these programs. And it's easy to see how a lot of these people are going to buy a lot of the stuff that they're being told hook, line, and sinker, not even question it. And then they got the TVs. Then the computers. And I'm sure I'm leaving out a whole bunch of other stuff. Ways that they'll try to control us. So, stuff to pray against, stuff to pray that God guards you against. I think it's another reason that you always want to remember to put on the full armor of God every day. Because no matter what I tell you, no matter what scenario I put in, no matter how bleak it may seem, God is still in control. God can still protect you. But you have to have the faith to believe it. And you, and you, you need to be born again in order to appropriate that, that protection. And if you're not... Go to contendingfortruth.com, click on the True Salvation tab, and listen to those audio teachings in that order. Because that's the most important decision you will ever make, by far. So, going further, endorphins are released by overexposure to light. The radiant light from televisions causes a release of endorphins. Researcher Herbert Krugman showed that while viewers are watching television, the right hemisphere is twice as active as the left. Remember, the right's what what just lets everything in basically the left is our critical thinking the left shut off the right's just letting it all dump in with no filters okay in the alpha state which is the state the the brainwave state that um lowers our 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 i don't want to say inhibitions but it lowers our filters it, it makes us be more open to suggestion as as the report said okay so um, while TV's viewers are watching television, the right hemisphere is twice as active as the left, a neurological an anomaly. The crossover from left to right releases a surge of the body's natural opiates called endorphins, which include beta endorphins and encephalins. 
Endorphins are structurally identical to opium and its derivatives. Remember what I said about the opiate? This like this opiate addiction that these video games I do believe are causing from the endorphin release. Well, it actually is true. This is how they get children addicted addicted to the video games because it has to do with endorphins and opiates. Not so much hardcore drugs, you know, or alcohol or something like that. It's, a, it's another way to produce this, in other words. Um, the endorphins are structurally identical to opium and its derivatives like morphine, codeine, heroin, etc. Activities that release endorphins, also called opioid peptoids, are usually habit-forming. Um, we rarely call them addictive. These include cracking the knuckles, strenuous exercise, external opiates. Of course, those aren't necessarily about that. I, mean, I don't think you should stretch your knuckles. You crack, you just pull them straight out. It's one thing. But if, you, if you're constantly stretching joints and cracking them all the time, I mean, that could have a, what they call hypermobility effect on the joint. and um, Your body could be, become unstable in that area. And particularly if you're low in manganese, you, you have to have manganese in order to maintain structural integrity and strong joints ligaments and tendons around it anyway that's a whole other subject so um external opiates act on their same receptor sites which are opioid receptors as endorphins so there's very little difference between the two even casual tv viewers experience such opiate withdrawal symptoms if they stop watching tv for a prolonged period of time they experience withdrawal an article in the South Africa's Eastern Province, October 1975. This was 75. This is before they had all the advanced technology that they built into the TVs now. It described two experiments in which people from various socioeconomic um, stratas were asked to stop watching television. In one month of the experiment, several families... Okay, in one experiment, several families volunteered to turn off their TVs for just one month. The poorest family gave in after one week. The others suffered from depression, saying they felt as though they had lost a friend. This, they're just trying to get them to turn off the TVs for one month. In the other experiment, 182 West Germans agreed to kick their television viewing habit for a year. With the added bonus of, of money, payments, none could resist the urge longer than six months, though. And over time... All of the participants showed the symptoms of opiate withdrawal, which included increased anxiety, frustration, and depression. <laughs> oh, my word. We're a pretty pitiful lot, you know, overall, it looks like. Humanity in general. <laughs> Herbert Krugman's research proved that watching television numbs the left brain and leaves the right brain to perform all cognitive activities, which is what you don't want. Uh, this has some harrowing implications for the effects of television on the brain development and health. For one, the left hemisphere is the critical region for organizing, analyzing, and judging incoming data. It's the, it's the, it's the part of the brain you want hitting on all eight cylinders if you're going to try to critically process anything. Okay, The right brain treats incoming data uncritically. And it does not decode or divide information into its component parts. I mean, it's not good. It, that, that is just not good. And that's what that's what we're getting all of the, 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 the information dump into when we watch TV. The right brain, which treats incoming data uncritically. It doesn't decode, divide information into its component parts. Ay, ay, ay. 
Um, researchers into the effects of TV have warned that TV that children under two years of age shouldn't watch any at all due to the negative impact on various areas of the child's development, including skills of observation, speech, hearing, depth perception, reading ability, inducing attention deficit type behavior, a lack of motor skills due to the immobile viewing habits, and so on. TV is wholly an inappropriate and ineffectual teaching tool, is their conclusions they came to. It is pointless having debates lamenting the demise of intellectual ability and endeavor when intellects have never had a chance to naturally and properly grow due to the numbing effects of television on children, in particularly in their formative years. So you're, you're just, you're kind of like annihilating your child if you bring them up on television, is what it sounds like to me. You're annihilating them from a mental standpoint. And the formative years are obviously always the most important. It, it shapes the rest of their lives. It's, it's like when you affect a seed when it's growing right out of the ground, whatever you do to that seed when it's at its wee littlest is going to have a gigantically major impact when it grows up to be a mighty oak. Okay? So that's the point here. Conversely, it's worth noting that radio has the opposite effect and actually develops a higher rate of concentration which is interesting the um audio forcing people to be stimulated to visualize what they hear well that's kind of cool because i only put out audios so i guess i've been vindicated oh sorry anyway reading of course further extends the ability to concentrate and critically examine information over longer periods so reading's even better okay but radio actually has an opposite effect as well than than tv because you're actually having to think as you're listening you're not just like pro sitting in front of the matrix boob tube whatever you want to call it idiot box whatever they you whatever name they television you know that they that they'll call things like that and just taking it in um the audio forces people to be stimulated to visualize what they hear. So see, as you're listening to me right now, you're, you're, there's a part of your brain actually visualizing a lot of the concepts that I'm talking about. I'm not just giving them to you in visual format. So maybe that's one of the reasons I've always done audio. I, I, I can't stand the way I look on camera anyway. I really don't want to put myself out there. It's like, you know... I don't want to break any computers or mess up anybody's TV tube or whatever. So I'm not really big on putting my, doing audio or, or I mean videos. I've just never been big on it. So this kind of, I don't know. I didn't even know this. I had no clue. But I feel a little bit about better about the, about the ministry because of this. Because we've always done audios. So anyway. Even the style of TV production these days is geared toward an amphetamine-like addiction people have with regard to information reception. Uh, the cadence of scene changes, that is the rate and the beat at which the images are changing on the screen, is very fast and further inclines the mind under development to be unable to concentrate for long periods of long pieces of textual information. Average rates of attention span are down from a few decades ago, a few decades ago to mere minutes people's attention spans are totally like minute now to mere minutes where once it was more than one hour for deep critical thinking see all this is by designed 
We get bored. We got to, we got this, we got that. We got to move on to the next thing. We got, we got to have all this visual stimulation and audio stimulation like they're getting from the TV or smartphones or whatever. We have to have this constant stimulation. People are absolutely, I go out and they're absolutely glued to their phones. Adults and children, I don't have, I have a dumb phone. You have a smartphone, you might have a smartphone. I have a dumb phone. It's going to stay that way. I don't want one. I got enough, I got enough of my hands full with this. Not only that, all of the data mining and the gathering and, and the, and the, um, just all of the evil that go along with smartphones that I have documented over and over and over. I don't want any part of it. I'm not condemning you for having one. I'm just saying for me, I don't do it. And a, and a, some of it is because of these reasons, you know, that we're getting into here. Studies have linked the quality, and I know that's probably going to step on a lot of people's toes. I'm just telling you personally, I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying. I put out a lot of reports on the evils of smartphones. Okay, I just don't see that you have to understand the smartphones are going to progress to something else. They're going to project progress ultimately to the mark of the beast. So it's like, I kind of like, well, where do I draw the line in the sand? I mean, am I going to, no, I'll, I'll stick with my dumb phone. I'm good. I'm, co I'm totally content with it either. It's not like I feel like I'm, like I'm missing out. I don't. I really don't. The dumber my phone, the better. You know, is, is my motto. In fact, I have a shirt that says that the dumber my phone is, the better I like it. Just kidding, teasing. Anyway, studies have linked the quality of life to high vocabulary rates, which heavy TV consumption impacts negatively as well. If you have a good communication skills, you are better able to express the world in which you live in and how you define it. A poor vocabulary means you have a myop myopic existence. You have a tunnel-like perception of this great planet, and your quality of life is adversely affected typically. Just listening to pop stars in particular, the idols of the young, can make one cringe with embarrassment at the vacuous and inarticulate claptrap that comes out of their mouth. <laughs> yeah. True. We live in a world today where people's personalities are formed by unreal things like TV, the music industry, video games, which we just covered, movies, and the effects of drugs that will be that whether it be recreational or of a psychotropic variety. Virtual reality dominates the interests of a lot of people out there, and that's where it's all heading, if you ask me. Even young adults and the people of my own age group in their 30s are, have this problem. And that's, that's all we're going to go over with today. Now, I do give the two links to my teaching I did on fantasy role playing video games and anime exposed, part one and two. They're by no means an exhaustive study on this, but they're a good primer. If you add these two parts to that, I think it's another really good primer. I'll try to key the video the um uh the keyword search that if you do a keyword search you will find these teachings together on my website i'm going to try to make sure i do that tonight when i upload these so that you'll have it all in one kind of format and you can go there and you'll have a good four parts that will hopefully you know give you a good biblical perspective on this whole subject to try to, to try to approach it not just from a let's expose video games, but let's expose it from a biblical perspective. Let's get the big picture here. So that's all that I have for today. We are at the end of part six. So this is a big teaching. And um, I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, this time you've given us, this time you let us come together once again, Lord. I do pray, God, that 
whatever truth has been put out today, God, that you bless that truth, Lord God, that you help the body of Christ with these teachings, with this, uh, whatever this ministry that is done that is of you, God, that you bless the body of Christ with it, that you bless the unsaved with it as well, that you save as many people, Lord God, as possible through the results and through the effects of this ministry and through the ministries of my listeners and other righteous Christian ministries out there, Lord God, um, that you bless the, the remnant, Lord God, that you bless the innocent, that you protect them, Lord God, that you deliver them, that you would show us, Lord God, the secret traps of the wicked one, that we would not be ignorant of his devices, lest he get an advantage of us regarding all of these things that we have covered today, God, that you expose the wickedness that we have went over, Lord God, that you would destroy and defeat the plans of the wicked, Lord God, regarding the subjects that we have covered, not only today, God, but in times past, that you would destroy and defeat their plans, that they would not prosper in wickedness, God, but that those that can be saved, I pray their souls be saved. For it's your will that not one would perish and that all would come to repentance. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins that we have committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.